0: Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. Now, this episode features the first chapter of Staging is Murder by Grace Topping. It's read by local actor Ariel Lynn. Staging is Murder was published by Henry Press in April of 2019, and the next book in the series, Staging Wars, comes out in April of 2020.
1: Laura Bishop just nabbed her first decorating commission, staging for sale a 19th century mansion that hasn't been updated for decades. But when a body falls from a laundry chute and lands at her feet, removing flowered wallpaper becomes the least of her home staging duties. You work for that woman? and you'll end up killing each other. Even your horoscope says so. I put down my cappuccino, took the newspaper my friend Nita Martino pushed at me, and read the horoscope for Capricorns. A difficult person will cause you to take rash action? I laughed and handed the paper back to her. Last month, it predicted a financial windfall, and then foreign travel. Neither came true. I don't think I'll be knocking off my first client. At least, not until she pays me. Nita read our horoscopes the mornings we met at Vaccaro's for coffee. Chinese fortune cookies would have been more accurate. Nita took the paper. I've warned you, and now your horoscope is warning you. Why won't you listen? Because if I'm going to build a reputation as a homestager, I need the reference Victoria Denton can give me. She may be difficult, but she knows everyone in town. I'll give you a reference. You helped a lot of friends stage their homes, including my mother-in-law. Talk about turning ugly ducklings into swans. They'd still be waiting for buyers if you hadn't helped them. That was for friends. Now it's business. Turning Victoria's mansion into a showplace will speak volumes. Especially since it's such a large undertaking. If it would help, I'd stage a house for Hannibal Lecter. Believe me, Hannibal would be easier to work with. Wanting to change the subject, I rummaged around my large Land's End canvas bag, pulled out a small box, and proudly handed it to her. Look at this! My new business cards! Nita read the card I handed her. Staging for you, Laura Bishop Professional Home Stager! Huh. This is so exciting! Now you can do something you enjoy! And get paid for it. The sooner the better. My budget is so slim, it's squealing. I didn't mention the crushing debt I incurred because of my mother's illness and funeral expenses. I needed to make a success of my business, for it was back to the well-paying IT field that bored me to death, but would pay the bills. The staging business would also help me move on from the life I'd left behind. Laura, I've told you before, I can help. Thank you. But no. With two kids in college, you can't risk your savings on me." Nita frowned and ducked behind her newspaper. Uh Uh-oh, there's trouble. Monica Heller stood at the counter, tapping her foot as she waited for her order. Her linen sheath and sleek, golden, chin-length hair screamed money and sophistication, neither of which Nita or I possessed in abundance. As always, she looked stunning. I sighed, hoping I didn't sound envious. If we were from wealthy families, do you think we'd look that good? It's in her jeans. Jeans certainly lacking in my gene pool. Nita took a bite of a sticky bun. Monica may be the best-known designer in town, but Victoria showed real smarts in hiring you instead of her. Only because starting out, I come cheap. Besides, designers add an owner's personality to a home. Stagers remove it. That way, buyers can imagine themselves living there. I took my last sip of cappuccino and sadly eyed my empty cup. My tight budget wouldn't stretch for a second one. Nita peered over the top of the newspaper again and grimaced. Rat! She's heading this way. If she bothers to talk to us, she'll have a motive. The heavy scent of obsession reached us before she did. Hello, Laura, dear. Monica gave me a smile that never reached her eyes and barely glanced at Nita. I hear you're going to try staging the Denton place. That's quite an undertaking for you. If you find her in over your head, have Victoria give me a call. I'm sure my assistant could come to your aid. Without waiting for a reply, she glided away like a tarantula that had just injected venom into its prey. Me. I bit hard on my lower lip to keep from saying something I'd regret. She'd made my high school years a misery, and even now, over twenty years later, she still managed to find my weak spots. Nita ran her fingers through her short dark curls. Just seeing Monica makes me feel like I should have my hair done. Reflexively, I smoothed my straight, blondish hair that needed fresh highlights. I know what you mean. I've decided not to let her get to me like she did when we were at Lewiston High. Nita shook her head and eyed me critically. All these years later? And you're only now deciding that? She's probably ticked off Victoria didn't hire her. Forget about Monica. When do you start? Tyrone and I are going there as soon as he gets off work, which should be any minute. I looked toward the counter to see Tyrone Webster handing a coffee cup to an attractive young woman who gazed at him adoringly. I couldn't blame her. He was the image of a college-age Denzel Washington. I waved at him and pointed to my watch. He gave me a thumbs up and turned back to the cute young thing he was serving. A few minutes later, Tyrone approached. Hello, ladies. He slouched into a metal chair and stretched his long legs in front of him, scanning the room as though what he was about to impart was top secret. He leaned toward me and whispered, I heard Victoria Denton is in debt up to her eyeballs and the bank is threatening to foreclose. I slumped back into my chair and thought of the stack of bills lying on my desk. I had a lot writing on this project. If it backfired, Victoria wouldn't be the only one who was broke. Do you think Miss Denton can sell her house before they foreclose on her? Tyrone squeezed his basketball player build into my small corolla. Money had been tight in his family, so he could sympathize with Victoria's plight. Tough question. Not many people are in the market for a mansion built before the Civil War, especially when jammed to the rafters with stuff. We have our work cut out for us. The drive to the Denton house helped me relax and push aside the thought of Victoria's problems, or how I could ensure we'd get paid. It was a pleasant ride with the lovely mountains stretching out in front of us. Opening my car window, I breathed in fresh, warm air. Spring was gradually coming to Pennsylvania, and I was ready for it. As the small city of Lewiston spread out behind us and we approached Lookout Hill and the Denton House, I turned to Tyrone. Please be careful what you say in front of Victoria. If we're critical of her decor, she will feel we're being critical of her. No rolling your eyes even if something strikes you as awful. Okay, okay. I guess that means no gagging sounds either? No! Only testing. He gave me a cheeky grin. Tyrone always perked up my spirits. Even while he juggled the number of part-time jobs to help pay for college and help out at home, his spirits remained high, and his zest for life was contagious. I turned into the Denton driveway, which was lined with giant oaks that would soon create a green canopy over the long approach. At the end of the drive, a massive three-story limestone building loomed before us. The historic mansion was as old as the town itself. For years, the family had opened it for tours each April, and I'd visited it with a school group. When Skip Denton married Victoria and she moved in, she stopped the tours. Tyrone looked up in amazement. What a fortress! Does it have a dungeon? No. Only a resident witch. Tyrone laughed, and I decided I'd better practice what I preached. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. She can be difficult, but she's also having a hard time. The Scotty dog she adored died recently, and she's still mourning the loss. Remember, she's also being forced to sell a place she loves. That has to be awful. Place looks haunted. It's not, is it? No, it just needs the right buyer to appreciate it. Our challenge is to make the outside welcoming and transform the inside into something bright, breezy, and... beautiful. Tyrone eyed the gray stone dubiously. You mean, instead of dark, dank, and detestable? You could say that. I'm looking forward to how we'll look when we finish. I parked in front of a garage that once housed carriage horses... I've already met with Victoria and made suggestions. If we can pull it off, it'll mean future business for me, and more tuition money for you. If we can't, Monica Heller can say I told you so. I was determined not to let that happen. We climbed the steps to a large stone porch, dried leaves covering the floor, and the remains of a dead chrysanthemum standing sentinel next to the front door did little to make a good first impression. We would definitely have to do something to make the entrance more welcoming. Before we could ring the bell, the door flew open. Victoria Denton stood in front of us, a frown creating deep furrows on her face. She had been attractive once, but years of discontent had drained the liveliness from her manner and itched a permanent scowl on her face. You're late. She waved us in with a hand weighed down with four clunky rings and a cigarette. As she led us through the foyer, she paused and ground the half-smoked cigarette into an ashtray atop a mahogany table. I admired the beautiful inlaid wood on the tabletop, but cringed at the burn marks surrounding the ashtray. A strong smell of smoke, and what might be fried fish, hit me. I made a mental note to add air fresheners to my shopping list. People became accustomed to the smell of their own home, which could be off-putting to prospective buyers. We followed Victoria into the living room, where she sank into an overstuffed, flowered sofa. Ignoring us, she picked up the framed photo of a dog from a nearby table, caressing the photo gently before replacing it. Tyrone whispered, ''Should we sit down?'' ''If we wait for an invitation, we could be standing here all day.'' I whispered back and took a seat. Tyrone struggled to keep a straight face as he gazed at the large collection of Royal Dalton and humble figures and other knick-knacks that covered every surface, along with a thick layer of dust. Heavy, dark draperies covered the windows and beat back any sunlight trying to get in. Victoria pointed to Tyrone. So, who's this? Your moving man? This is my assistant, Tyrone Webster. That name rings a bell. Victoria eyed Tyrone critically. How old is he? 19? 19? Twenty? When I nodded, she said. At his age? How much experience can he have? Enough to help you sell this place. I tried to hide my irritation as she spoke about Tyrone as though he weren't there. He's studying design at Fisher College and also has experience designing theater sets for the Lewiston players. As I'd mentioned before, I'm moving to Florida and want to sell this place. Quickly. Quickly. It's fine the way it is, but my real estate agent, my ex-husband, ganged up on me to stage the house, as they called it. I leaned forward. In this market, staging will... Don't bore me again with all the details. Victoria lit another cigarette. And don't go over the budget we agreed to. The sudden roar of a lawnmower drowned out Victoria's words. She jumped up, stomped over to the French doors, and flung them open. Watch that vine," she shouted. Carlos, if one of your men ruins my wisteria, I'm going to report your workers to immigration officials. She slammed the French doors and turned to face us. It took me years to train that wisteria. I'm not going to have a peasant cutting it off at the bottom with a weed whacker. He sank back onto the sofa and placed her still-burning cigarette on the lip of the ashtray. Tyrone looked stunned. I had experience with Victoria's viper tongue, but he only knew her by reputation. Since I can't move out while you do your staging thing, try not to be disruptive. I watched Tyrone turn away from Victoria and roll his eyes, doing exactly the thing I told him not to do. Young people and their eye rolling. He saw the warning look I gave him and mouthed. Sorry. Victoria stood abruptly. If we're finished here, I'll be in the library upstairs. I'm expecting someone from Hamilton Real Estate soon. Please let him in when he comes. She left the room, leaving her cigarette burning. I snubbed it out. No sense in letting the house burn down before we can stage it. Tyrone grimaced. So much for being sensitive to her feelings. Sorry, Tyrone, I need the business. But you shouldn't be subjected to her rudeness. I picked up a stack of magazines Victoria had knocked over. Try to remember how hard leaving this house will be for her. If Victoria weren't so unpleasant, I could almost feel sorry for her. Growing up in a less affluent section of town, she took great pride living in the grandest house in Lewiston. If the rumors were true, Victoria had married Skip Denton more for the house than the relationship. The marriage had ended, and now... She was going to lose the house as well. You're right. Tyrone stood in front of a carnivorous fireplace and rested a hand on the Carrera marble mantle. All this? And she still wasn't happy. No wonder her husband divorced her. I sighed. It was a wonder Skip hadn't murdered her. I gave Tyrone a tour of the house, telling him of changes I'd already discussed with Victoria, and noted his suggestions. This is a grand old house. Look at the coffered ceilings and wainscoting. They're fabulous. It reminds me of the Hendricks funeral home. No one is going to buy it looking like a morgue. Wait and see. It's amazing what removing excess furniture, decluttering, and freshening the paint can do. Sometimes moving a piece of artwork to a different location can make a big difference. It's like when you design a stage set old-fashioned door chime sounded in the distance. I walked down the long hall and pulled open the heavy oak front door. Before me stood one of the best-looking men I'd ever seen. Tall, blonde, and with a bearing that spoke of military training. Not since seeing a young Robert Redford in old videos had I seen someone who just made me stand and stare. I disliked him immediately. Good-looking men are trouble, my mother had warned. I learned the hard way she'd been right. Is Victoria Denton in? The Adonis asked. I'm Doug Hamilton with Hamilton Real Estate. Doug! How nice to see you! Behind us, Victoria glided down the long staircase like a female lead in a classic movie, extending both her hands to take his charm she hadn't wasted on us now oozed from her. Doug glanced around the foyer. I wanted to see how the staging is coming along. Have you made any progress? I keep telling you, my home is fine the way it is. You and Skip are the only ones who think it needs to be staged to sell. Victoria's frown clearly expressed how she viewed that. She looked over at Tyrone and me. Uh, This is Laura Bishop, the stager and her helper Tyler. It's Tyrone, I said. Doug nodded at us. Now, Victoria, if you want to sell this place for a good price, you need to spruce it up. Otherwise, it could sit on the market a while. In its present condition, you'd be insulted by any offer you received. You wouldn't want that now, would you? He squeezed Victoria's hand. Victoria pressed her lips together, forming a thin line. She didn't appear convinced. We'll hold an open house in a week and see how it goes, Doug said. If we don't have any interest then, we'll see what else we can do to attract buyers. Warmth crept up my neck and face. A week? We'll need at least two weeks to get this place ready for an open house. That's all the time we have. Doug looked into the living room. If you don't think you can handle it... We'll be ready. How little sleep could I survive on? I'll stop back in a couple of days and see how the staging is progressing. As Doug walked with Victoria to the front door and out onto the porch, I heard him say, You might want to consider my advice to contact Monica Heller. You get what you pay for. My dislike for him escalated. Tyrone and I hurried back to the living room. Don't let him bother you. He's got as much riding on selling this house as you do, Tyrone said. How do you know that? Heard it at Vacaro's. After old man Hamilton had his stroke, he made some serious mistakes at the agency. Doug retired from the Navy and came home to care for his dad. He doesn't know much about selling real estate and is helping out. I moaned. My future work as a stager depends on how well we do here. We really need more time. Then, let's get started. Tyrone turned toward the animal heads mounted on the wall and made a face. The sooner we're out of this creepy place,
0: the better. This reading of Staging is Murder was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. This book is available for purchase. Now, you can learn more about Grace Topping on her website, gracetopping.com. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. Now, we'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it, because this helps make us easier to find. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.